podcast my name is zach and i am here today with andrew and uh i think we no, you know no we are here today uh coming off of the philadelphia eagles losing to the tampa bay buccaneers 15 to 31 on wild card weekend i i i wanted to start the podcast off by saying something uh, i wish i had my computer that I can do actual editing and YouTubing and software and stuff with because I would put the actual quote in, but I'm going to just say it myself. I want to start the episode off with a quote, and I think it's a very important quote. It's a quote from one of the most popular, if not one of the best-made sports films of all time, in our family's opinion. And I don't know if Andrew's caught on to what this quote is going to be. But to quote Bean from Moneyball, unless you win the last game of the season... Nobody gives a shit. And that's where we're at right now. Uh, the Eagles losing today's playoff game was a huge, huge disappointment. And, and you know, I, I, I listen to – I, I like the Barstool Philly sports guys. Um, and Smitty on Barstool Philly's page, you know, he, he went into this game with this kind of win-win mentality, right? Like, if the Eagles win somehow, that's great. That's awesome. You know, hype, hype it up, you know – ride that wave great but if they lose chances are you know it, it's it's a learning experience and that's great and all but uh even they were defeated after this game because this game just it, this wasn't a loss this was embarrassing and it's always on national television that the philadelphia eagles just get absolutely embarrassed and you know here we are going into this game thinking the eagles could win it, and the eagles have you know, things in their favor. And, and it just, this game, I mean, we went on, we, we didn't even score until the fourth quarter. And those scores, look, it, it, come on, let's be honest here. Those scores were absolutely just garbage scores. They did not matter. They did not count at that point in the game. I mean, what was there, less than a minute left and we had to score 15 more points still? Like, come on. Uh, this game sucked. This game was absolute dog shit. Uh, you know, talk about underdog. Turned into just dog shit. Uh, Jalen Hurts, for all of the excitement he had and all of the positive energy he had, and, you know, maybe he was hurt still, and that's just kind of leaking into it, but he looked like this was his second game he's ever played. He looked like he had any – he didn't know how to throw a football or look at, look at the route or to see anyone open. I mean, God, we've all – I think we've all seen by now that uh, I think it was Watkins was wide open for a touchdown early in the first quarter. But, hey, it doesn't even matter because the Eagles went three and out on basically every drive in the first half. Like, that, that – oh, my God, that first half was so freaking bad. And and I I don't know, you know, for everyone listening, the Santangelo household has their sports group text, um, multiple, of course. And, uh, I mean, I didn't say it, but I, there was just this – the, the, the second drive, I think, that the Eagles went three and out, and I was just like, it's just – it's over. Like, there is zero momentum on the Philadelphia Eagles offense, and there was nothing good that came from it. I haven't even touched – I have my list. Andrew, you know, I'm no, uh, I'm no Didinger, but I do have my little notepad here of, of things I want to dis- discuss today, and uh, I haven't even touched any of them. I'm just going on pure rage and emotion <laughs> right now. 
And I, I think it's completely valid. I think Jalen Rager, uh, I don't, I'm not going to say he cost us the game, but get him out this team right now. There is no reason he should have been playing instead of Greg Ward Jr. There's no reason he still should have been uh, returning, doing punt returns in the fourth quarter. There is no reason he should be touching a football or targeted ever again on the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and that's my thoughts on him. And again, more, more on that in a minute, but I just absolute pure rage coming off of this game. And I hate it. I hate it because I was so positive this morning. I hate it because there was a lot of good things, but then after this game and after I see some of these stats, I, I, I'm sober, you know, like, this is a sobering game that tells me the Eagles made the playoffs, but, man, they sure can't hang with real teams in the NFL right now. Yeah, I think you touched on a lot of good, a lot of good points. I mean, there's many different areas in this game you can point to from top to bottom. Um, I mean, we got, we got outclassed today. I mean, coaching-wise, playing-wise, I mean, I think this – for sure says a lot about who we played toward the end of the season more than who we really were. And I think a lot of people, including myself bought into that as okay. Maybe we did turn the corner in that two after that two and five stretch. Um, But from, from the opening kickoff to the, the final whistle, I mean, it wasn't even close. I mean, you, you touched on a lot of good points. I mean, you go, you give up. I mean, the, the defense or yeah, the or Buccaneers offense goes right down the field in the first five minutes of the game, gets pretty, a pretty easy touchdown. Then we follow it up with a three and out. And listen, I mean, a lot of these games down the stretch, we, we got off the slow starts. When we talk about the two Washington games you won, you went down 10 nothing in both of them. And you can't do I mean, that I against. Uh, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. But even going into the half at 17 nothing, you could still talk yourself into. All right, second half team. Slow start, second half team. No, oh, yeah, without question. Um, and that that starts with well, you get one. I think we got a first down, and then it was a penalty that killed that first drive out of halftime. And then you get a three and out from the Buccaneers, and then the Rager fumble happens. Which I mean, I I know we'll get into more here in a little bit, but I, I thought uh, Hurts that was probably his worst game of the season. Maybe I mean. Yep. I agree. He he turned the ball over twice, um, and then he he missed throw after throw. And I mean, I don't know how many times. Uh, I know we didn't try going deep that often, but the the deep balls you did try. You had Quez Watkins open three times, and he overthrew the fastest guy on the team by fifteen yards. I mean, the ball wasn't even near him. And I mean, you're, you're giving away plays at that point. And I think going forward, I mean, that's that's huge, especially especially in a game like that where you can't afford those mistakes. It's not like you're still playing Washington or, or the Giants at that point. You're playing one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best of all time. You can't afford that type of mistake. And I will say this. I know a lot of people are going to rip on Gannon and stuff, but I honestly thought he's the one one bright spot coming out of this game, to be honest, as a defensive coordinator. And I, I know- you know what, Andrew? Let's, let's, let's pivot and talk about that as our, as our first focus because I, I – you know what? I have to say that as abysmal as the Eagles looked as a whole, I, you know what? I, I would say the highlight is the defense. I mean, they got four sacks on Brady today, right? Four sacks. Like, yes. I never even would have guessed we had more than one, if one. 
And we got four sacks on Tom Brady. And, and like I said, even though they were 17 nothing at the end of the first half, I mean, did you see how good the Buccaneers offense looked? At least they held them to 17. Like, they, they actually – the defense, again, didn't look great just because of how badly the Buccaneers beat the Eagles. But, I mean, I, I got to say the defense was the highlight of the game for the Philadelphia Eagles. No, you're absolutely right. And I think, again, Gannon gets a lot of, a lot of hate and was getting a lot of hate in this game. But you give up the quick touchdown, and I really felt like he was the only one that really made adjustments to the way the game was going. And after those first two touchdowns, your defense had five consecutive stops, but your offense wasn't able to come through. So to me, yes, Gannon might not had the best game plan coming into this one. And I know you were, you put it in our group chat with how far the receivers were, or excuse me, how far the corners were allowing Brady to go quick, throwing it to the receivers. And I think I oh, actually, so bad. I think I even responded, well, it's the first drive, give it time or whatever. And he had carried into the second drive a little bit, but after that, he really made the adjustment. And I mean, you, you, you held the, um, you had the Buccaneers out of the end zone for a while at that point. And the offense wasn't able to come up with any. I mean, when you look at it again, I think you finished the first half with four consecutive drives holding the Buccaneers without a touchdown. One of those was a field goal, so three scoreless drives, and you kept turning into three and outs and blah, blah, blah. You start the second half with a three and out, and the defense comes back on the field, and the Buccaneers start on, I think it was the 10-yard line, and you get three and out, and then you're going to have the ball just inside the 50, and then you had the Rager fumble, and the uh, Buccaneers are starting on the uh, already in the Eagles zone. So I, I don't discredit that a little bit from the defense just because I mean you had the stops and if it wasn't for a fumble extending that drive you don't give up that touchdown so I really think Gannon actually had a good adjustment to this after the first quarter and kept the Eagles in the game for as long as possible I mean eventually you're going to give that up and I mean I think I think Brady had over 100 yards at the end of that first quarter he only finishes with 270 uh, in the game and I mean here's a here's a funny fact I mean the Eagles actually only had 10 less yards than the Buccaneers in this game. So Isn't that wild? Isn't yeah. that just insane to believe? Now, again, mind you, fourth quarter, a lot of garbage stats happened in the fourth quarter. But, like, still, how it, – it, it's, 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 that's insane. That's insane that, that that's how close the yards were. Well, without question. And I just think – I don't know. I think he, he's actually the one bright spot I take out of this game because everything else – was a major question mark. I get Goddard finishes with 90 yards. So, yeah, it looks like on paper he had a good game, and he had a fairly good game for the most part. But, I mean, even him, he had three or four key drop passes, and the one he was wide open, I think, at some point in the second quarter. And it would have been a first down. It was like third and 10. It would have been a first down, again, at 20, 24 yards, and he would have been in the red zone. And instead it goes right through his hands. It was thrown a little high, but one one you should absolutely catch, especially Dallas Goddard if he's going to be a starting tight end. And I think I just think there's too many of those today. And then you had, uh, yeah, another... yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't have the, a number in front of me, but I feel like there was a drop. I don't know every other drive at least, if not every drive. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, obviously, again, I don't have that exact stat in front of me as well, but I definitely believe it. And um, I just thought there was poor execution on offense. I thought the play calling was bad at times. I mean. I get you wanted to do some of these quick screens, but that's not the way to go. And I think 
against a Todd Bowles type defense on Tampa Bay and he runs that cover three spread, that's not going to work. And I think uh, you, you should have taken it. Basically what you should have done is what the Buccaneers did to you on that first drive is you should have kept running these out routes for, for five to eight yards on first down. Cause they're, they were giving it to you the whole game. And uh, it took us too it took us too long to figure out uh, how to do that and use Devonte Smith. I mean, I don't think Smith had his first catch until midway through the third quarter, and that's just unacceptable. That's, that's so. I mean, uh, there's just so many things to talk about, and I feel like I keep jumping around. But but like to keep right onto that, like there was just no good adjustment on the offense. That's it. Like like to to finish off your point about Gannon and the defense. Like I said, the Gannon or the defense was the highlight of this game. Like like sure, Tampa Bay got 31 points, but. They, I'm watching that game, and I almost feel like they should have went like 60 points. Like the defense held their own, and the offense did not respond on Philadelphia's part. And I, I mean, going off of the offense not adjusting, like the main target for the first half of the game was Goddard, and they talked about it in the post game. They just, you know, they just kept you kept seeing Goddard, Goddard kept getting, and then in the second half, it was just Smith, Devontae Smith, over and over and over again, and they knew where to go. The de- the Tampa Bay defense knew where to go. They knew how to respond. They knew how to follow. And, you know, the defense, their defense adjusted. And our offense did not adjust. They made that one adjustment at halftime, which, you know, it felt like maybe something would happen. And then it doesn't. And and it's just, oh, like, I, I I am mad at Hurts a lot. This this was, like you said, probably, you know, just visually his worst game. It was horrible. He looked like a chicken with his head cut off. He didn't know what to do. Like, he 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 – he was so lost out there and it's just so disappointing. And I don't, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the away game. I don't know if it was, like I said earlier, coming off of an injury, but he just looked like shit. He really did not look good. Now I think Hertz has improved enough throughout the year. And I think Hertz has shown enough potential that having finished his first full season, I don't have a doubt in my mind. He is the guy next season. Like, absolutely not. I don't even want to, like, do not – how Howie Roseman, for the love of fucking God – nope, I'm oh, sorry, didn't mean to do that, but here we go. For the love of God, Howie <laughs> Roseman, do not go after a quarterback. Do not do not draft one in the first round with any of your picks. Don't trade around for a quarterback. Keep Hurts. You, like, you, you know, you dug this – you you bit the hand, and ah, I can't even think of the right the right analogy right now, Andrew. I Like, this <laughs> – this is your mess, so clean it up. Do not just ditch Hurts. Stick with it. However, on the opposite side, Rager, who straight up caused the touchdown in the third quarter from that fumble, right, Andrew? That was the third quarter. Um, straight up, his fumble caused that touchdown. And if they don't have that touchdown, I mean, we're talking we're talking a completely different game in the fourth quarter. Like they, the fact that they held two touchdowns for the whole second half of the game and one of those was on your turnover Rager does not deserve to be on this team I'm tired of seeing him and don't get me wrong like J.J. Arcega watched the same exact thing you know he uh, he was was he in did he play did he suit up even who fucking knows like just absolutely you know Hurts Hurts is good and he is growing so you better commit to him and don't Stick around in this offseason when it comes to your quarterback. However, these bullshit receivers that you drafted, kick them out of here and figure your shit out because I'm tired of 
complaining about the same guys and hearing the same names over and over. And and you know what? Howie Roseman won us a, a Super Bowl. Great. Fantastic. Howie Roseman got us uh, a quarterback and a rookie coach that got us into the playoffs. Fantastic. You know what? Improve. And that's the thing I'm most worried about in this offseason is I, I think this team did really well for the first year of a rebuild. But I have no idea how long this rebuild is supposed to go for because I don't see major improvements happening uh, unless uh, there's just a complete – I'm just so frustrated. Ugh. This team went – let, let's, let's go through some of these notes. This team went 1-8 and eight against winning teams in the NFL this year. 1-8. and eight. So, like, I think this is what I talked about earlier when I said it. it's, like, sobering stats, right? Like, the Eagles – got into the playoffs, which if you finish that sentence alone, you leave it there, that's great. However, I think this game really proved, like I said earlier, they can't hang with real football teams. Could you imagine? Did you see how good the Bills were yesterday, Andrew? Could you imagine if, like, we played the Bills, how much we would have gotten hurt, let alone let alone against Tampa? Like, like Tampa goes up against the Bills in the Super Bowl, and that's going to be a good game, right? Like, I, I would... That'd be a crazy good game. I'd love to see the Bills beat Tampa. And, and you know, I think it could go, that could go either way. But I this, the Eagles can't they they can't stand they can't hold their own ground against any of these real teams. And I don't have the Dallas game on right now, but I just oh my God. I don't even think we're that level. And it's just annoying. Although I hate Dallas, I hate their organization, I hate everything about them, rivalry, etc. But they're a better team right now. They really are. And these growing pains hurt is really what's going to come down to. Um, I, I, I think, like you said, growing pains is, is an interesting word. And I think this is kind of a hiccup in that, as you mentioned, rebuild. And it's going to be how they play this offseason. And nobody really knows how it's going to be played just yet. Is it going to be? we're going to go out and move some of those picks and get in a quarterback. Is it going to be, we're going to spend all three on defense. Is it going to be, we're going to spend two on defense and one on offense. And listen, there, there's a lot. And I think that's what this, this game kind of showed was we're not ready to play with the best of the best. This, I think this is a, a wake up call for the, for the organization. It's a wake up call for the fans and it's to, to sit back and, and see where we're at and, I mean, you still have glaring holes in this team, and, and one of those issues is still the receiving core. I mean, yes, obviously we found Devontae Smith, and he's he's a lock. He's obviously played phenomenal this year. Dallas Goddard, yeah, he had a hiccup today, but, I mean, he's still a very good tight end, and he'll, he'll be there next year. But outside of that, at this point, that's really all you have on the offense is, is a sure lock franchise-type player. I mean, yes, I agree with you. I think Hurts has bought an, another year um, to go out and try it, but I'm not ready to – to crown him the franchise quarterback after a game like this. This doesn't show he can play in a big game. So, I mean, while, well, yes, I agree with you. I'd rather not spend anything on a quarterback. Go get Hurts help. Go get the defensive help and see what you're able to do. Because, I mean, listen, we, yes, I I think it's going to be a huge offseason. I mean, there's many different ways you you can go about it. And then, obviously, it's a big spot for Howie. A lot of people questioning his, his draft in the past, which is obviously reasonable. And he's got a big one ahead of him. I mean, we, we've seen a lot of teams do that. And here the Eagles have an opportunity to turn a playoff team with three draft picks in the first round to make it even better. So 
the opportunity is right in front of this team to just retool rather than rebuild. And, and that's the direction I want to see us go. And you can be right back in the playoffs next season. And uh, hopefully it's quick. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's there's, I, there's so many things wrong with this team still, even though we made the playoffs and that's what like, I, I could even see next year, you know, we don't make the playoffs. Dallas wins the NFC East again. You know, some other NFC team squeaks squeaks in the last wild card spots, and, you know, we don't make the playoffs. And in that, if, if that happens, like, if we don't make the playoffs next year, I, I, I don't care if it's a division win. I don't care if it's a wild card. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care. If we don't make the playoffs next year, I, 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 I mean, I am at a point where I don't even know what to expect of the Philadelphia Eagles, except just utter destruction. Like, like, forget garbage dumpster or dumpster. Forget a dumpster fire NFC East. Dumpster fire Philadelphia Eagles. Like, how how he needs to make the perfect moves this offseason. The perfect move. And I'm not saying like I'm actually not anti Howie Roseman right this second. Right this second, I'm not because he did he he put together a team that got us back in the playoffs. And you know what? The quarterback that was a problem, obviously who went to another team, a team that's very, very good, mind you, the, the Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz did not make the playoffs. So, like, you got to give Howie Roseman the credit that, like, is deserved there. Like, yeah, you did you did better than you, – you proved – you proved that you made some right choices. But at the same time, I mean, you could do one misstep this offseason. Absolutely one single thing wrong. And this entire team could go down in place. Man, no, that's near the spot. I mean, if you don't if you don't go out and have success this offseason, it will be a mess next year. But if you're not if you're not in the playoffs next year, I think you have some answers. I think you know Jalen Hurts isn't the answer at quarterback. Uh, so I think you'll be looking elsewhere for that. I think it shows your your coach might not be the guy either. I mean, I mean, next year in terms of that, it's gonna be huge as well. And there's gonna be there's a lot of pressure now on Jalen Hurts and Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni and the whole team because if you if it would have been different if you went out today and you lost thirty one twenty eight you were in the game the whole time and you, you lost on a that, on a that's fi- that's on, a on, dream on. scenario in that in that scenario you you were just of the mindset of that 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 is, that's what I was trying to say earlier that if we had covered the spread I guess to say the least which was plus eight and a half before today like if you had covered that spread like I would have been ecstatic the eagles held their own they lost but they were in it the whole game you know they almost beat the the super bowl champs from last season like i could accept that so well it's exactly utter embarrassment i mean to to go back to what something you said like the the hot seat right now is three people it's howie roseman nick sirianni and jalen hurts and i couldn't agree more Howie Roseman, we've already discussed it. Like this, this offseason, crucial. Now it doesn't matter. Howie Roseman's always going to be in the hot seat, so it doesn't even matter that he's in the hot seat. But that's what all eyes are on him from now until next next August, right? Or until August this year. Jeez. Um, like it, it's it's crucial for him to make some key moves here. Uh, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts, though, it's it, we're at this point where we now see. We know the quarterback and the coach that they are. We, we have seen a whole year of this. We have had Nick Sirianni as our head coach. 
We have Jalen Hurts as our starting quarterback. And, you know, we've seen improvement in both of them. And that's great. But you got to come out winning next year immediately. Like, none of this, like, two wins halfway through the season crap and then a bounce back second half of the year. No. You need you need to beat Dallas the first time you play it up. Like, you, you need to you need to step up and show your own. And I, I'm not – God, I don't even necessarily need a division title next year, but I need to prove to the freaking world again that the Eagles can be in the conversation. I am so frustrated that we are back at a point where the Eagles are just the bottom tier of the NFL. I mean, God damn, is that embarrassing. Well, I don't know if I'll go that far. I would. I would. We are we are the second lowest ranked uh second lowest ranked playoff team this weekend, with the lowest being the Steelers with the plus twelve and a half spread. And uh, you know, that they have their veteran court, like they might have a completely different team next year, but the Steelers could could put up their own this tonight. I, I mean the Chiefs have screwed up time and again this year. I could easily see them screwing up against the Steelers tonight. Like I don't think the Steelers are going to go win the Super Bowl, but I think that oh. the I, I think they could easily prove they're better than the Eagles tonight. And I, I just I, I I just just because we got in the playoffs, which is a great reason to look forward to the future, but it still proved this today still proved that we suck, and I just can't accept that. I just I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. The fact that we won a Super Bowl and then it's just, nope, done. I, I mean, I keep looking at the Bills. The Bills have been building. Like, I, I mean, they're still, obviously, they don't have their Super Bowl win yet. But, like, I mean, like I said, I could see them going to the Super Bowl this year, possibly winning the Super Bowl this year. And there's no reason to believe they wouldn't just go back again. And maybe they're not going to win another Super Bowl right away. But, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to sit here and be bitter about the fact that the Eagles went to a Super Bowl and then just... That's it. Chip the bed, and they're done. And here we are talking about what is rebuilding going to continue to be like. And I am so tired of it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're higher than a bottom tier. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Um, we're a mid-tier football team right now. I mean, we're not with the elite of the Buccaneers, but we're not bottom. I mean, we still made the playoffs. Um, I mean – there's teams like the Jaguars are a lot worse than this team. Um, I think, uh, again, you're going to be right up there in conversation next year for the playoffs. I, I truly believe it. I mean, again, you'll have you'll have a situation where you'll have a, another weak division, so you'll be right there for the playoffs. And I mean, again, just going off this game, I think it does show you your glaring needs, and all of them are fixable come playoff time. I mean, where do you need to improve on the defense was shown today, linebacker. You need somebody to mix in there with TJ Edwards and Alex Singleton. Um, you need another weapon alongside Smith. I mean, that goes to show. I mean, you look at today. You, you went Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard. Then you went Smith, Smith, Smith. You really didn't have a second piece today to to kind of bring coverage off either of those two guys. Um, and I think that's two two spots that you're going to be able to find. I mean, you're going to have pick 15, 16, 19 uh, come first round next year. You, you find that out after today. So, I mean, 
and it, it goes to show. I mean, you talk about the Bills. Yes, they beat the Patriots last night by thirty points. So, luckily, we're not the only team getting that got blown out so far. You look at the Cowboys; they're down by nine. Or they're down by nine at home at halftime today. So, I mean, obviously, again, it, it's it goes to show you're going to be able to play still with these mid-tier teams and still fight for a playoff spot next year. It's just a matter of what you do to fix the holes that were displayed today. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, something else, uh, like the, I, the coaching staff needs to really pick it up with this. Um, you, you need to cut the penalties down, man. I, I'm, you got to get rid of these penalties. Now, mind you, at least one of them, if not two of them, were complete dog shit from the NFL referees just absolutely sucking off Tom Brady and patting him on the back. Like, the roughing the passer against Tom, Tom Brady was the worst play I've, or the worst flag I've ever seen. Like, that was just absolutely absurd. Just leave him alone. The, the, the Buccaneers won without you meddling in the game. You don't have to fucking coddle 44-year-old Tom Brady. He's not a child, okay? Like, he's playing football. Let the man get hit. Um, I'm so tired of that. But we did look bad with penalties. And, uh, I mean, we had the same amount of penalties as the Buccaneers. Four, it looks like we have, both teams had four penalties. But, like, when you're going against a better team, and you know you're going against a better team, you got to be better, and you got to be ready for those things. Uh, I think it was Barnett um, who got flagged. Like, I just – I'm tired of these penalties, man. I really – they really need to, like, get, get control of this. I'm sorry, I'm shocked that there's only four penalties. I felt like a lot more than that. Well, it was 45 yards, but uh, yeah, that's what it looks like. It was only four four penalties. For well, us. and they just came at key spots. I mean, the rough and the passer would have got you off the field uh, and actually would have saved the touchdown that first opening drive because it would have been uh, fourth and 11 after that. So we got the ball back at 0 0. And then the other one was a 33 yard play, which would have put you in position to score before halftime as well. But that got called back on a Jason Kelsey hold, which was a very questionable call as well. Oh, yeah. That was the other – that was the – I knew there were two. That was the – you know what? Screw it. I'm not even talking about penalties because the penalties were the NFL refs. Fuck you guys. Ah, man, really went into that one today. But I'm just <laughs> – you don't need to coddle Tom Brady. Like, he is genuinely very good. He is very good quarterback. Like, there's no point in pretending. But call the roughing the passer – on Jalen Hurts. That that was absolutely absurd that he didn't get that one roughing the passer call. It was absurd that we did get called for roughing the passer. And it was absolutely absurd that he was called for holding. That just, just Jesus. Like, stop, stop. Just leave him alone. The dude's 44 years old. If he can't take a hit, just get the fuck out of the NFL. Oh, my God. I, I'm. No, I hear you. It's a shame, especially when in the situation that's come. Like and the way that happened because, I mean, again, you look at that that Kelsey flag doesn't happen. You're driving down the field, puts you on the I think it was the 37 yard line, and you have a chance to go score. Instead, it's a, a second and 20 play on the other side of the field, and you're not going to score before before half and, and you get the ball back. So that that's honestly the one I was more disappointed in than the rough of the passer was that one. And like you said, that one he gets hit late out of bounds could have been called. Gives you a 15 yard penalty and you have a first down again. So, another key spot. So, it's just, it's a tough break. But I mean, unfortunately, it's the way it goes a lot of times is the superstar and the home team will find a way to get the call. And it was on display a little bit today. But in the end, I mean, we just, 
even if you get we just didn't do enough to, to take this game. Yeah, no, I mean I I'm not I'm not I'm not blaming the refs for the loss, like I said. Bucks were a better team. But like get those get those dog shit flags out of here. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of you guys just coddling the hell out of them. Um I, last another like I'm just looking at the scores for all the games this weekend so far. And you know, halftime right now, uh Dallas Cowboys seven down seven to sixteen. So right now, if Dallas didn't score again, they technically have the lowest score of the weekend. Uh, but something tells me Dallas is going to score at least another time and probably beat us at 15 points. And I just uh, – today was rough. Today was a rough game to watch. I truly wanted to turn the TV off in the second quarter. I, I was sitting there, and I didn't even I, – I, I had some other – I had some I, – I, I had work that I needed to do and I really wanted to start working during the game because I was so frustrated watching this game. I just didn't even want to pay attention. It was so bad. Yeah, I got that way. I got that way after the uh, touchdown following the regular fumble. Cause like you said earlier at 17, nothing was like, okay, you come out, you score quick. Your defense yep. had those two sacks to finish out the first half. So it was like, okay, maybe you figured something out. But instead, yeah, once once you go down twenty four nothing at that time, it was like, all right, that was then, the game. I mean, that was and Rager cost us the game in a sense. And I think earlier I said I wouldn't say that, but I'm saying it now. I'm I'm, I'm Rager cost us the game, <laughs> and I want him off this team. Trade like you know we said trade trade Wentz, trade Simmons for a bag of chips, you know whatever. Don't trade Rager. Just drop him off at the bus stop, give him some bus fare money, and just let him be on his way. No, I, I hear you. I mean, it, it was definitely a frustrating point. I think, I, I think that will be the final straw for him. I mean, I, I don't see how you, you bring him back after what happened there. And I, uh, although I want, th- this this team, if you look at this team's past history, Jalen Rager will be here next year. I mean, we're all calling for like Aguilar. It was the same thing. Well, we've been calling for our Sega White side for two, three years now. So, I mean, as much as we want to sit here and say, yeah, we need. We want him off the team. Listen, I mean, track record shows he'll probably be here next year. So I think everybody needs to start getting ready for it. <laughs> I, I I know, but that's just like, I mean, JJ Arcega Whiteside even like he had that drop in the Dallas game. Not the Dallas game didn't matter. I know, but like he dropped that ball, man, that went right into his arms, and that was one of those moments where you're just like, you are paid to catch that football. That is your literal job, and you can't do that. And and Rager, that's it's the same thing. You are supposed to be the speed guy, and nine times out of ten, you're fair catching the ball. And apparently, on the tenth one where you don't fair catch it, you fumble the fucking ball. Like, I I just absolutely despise him right now, and I I think both guys should be off this team. Gregor Junior is a better is a better receiver than either of them, and he should absolutely be starting ahead of them. And we are talking about a quarterback from college level. Um, oh, so there's, I have two more points I wanted to talk about. Uh, we might get cut off here again just based off of what happened in the last recording. But uh, two more points, uh, one of which is um, w- we talked about in our hype video today or our hype episode this morning, you know, time of possession. Like that was going to be a key factor. And we were just absolutely handed ourselves – like like Tom Brady just held onto the ball the entire the, I mean they they ran f- 
five straight minutes off the clock in that first drive. And, and that was a, that was another point, man. When I saw that, I was like, it's exactly this you talked about. When I was positive that we could win this game, I was like, the one thing is don't, you know, don't let them just control the ball. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, that goes that, – that happens because we couldn't run the ball. Um, for whatever reason, today the run game didn't show up. And it hurts you from the start. They um, – I mean, Miles Sanders only finishes the game here with 16 yards. I mean, you're never going to win a game when you're, you're – well, this Eagles team, who relies so heavily on the run game, isn't ever going to win a game when you're starting running back on his 16 yards. And Hurts finishes the game with 39, which isn't a bad number. But, I mean, that that's where the time of possession happened is you couldn't run the ball and it forced the ball into Hurts' hands. And I, I get it. We want Hurts to be the guy, but, like, Hurts isn't a quarterback that you want throwing 43 times a game. Like, that's no. just too many times. And that's what happens when you put yourself in a 17 nothing hole. So that's honestly why, in my opinion, you couldn't get the time of possession because Brady's going to do his own thing and he's going to get those first downs. So it's on the Eagles' offense to – to get that done, and it starts with the run game when they couldn't control the time of possession because they, they're forcing the pass after pass, and a lot of those turned into incompletions, which just stopped the clock. Yeah, it, I mean, the offense didn't deliver. The Eagles' offense did not deliver, um, obviously, but uh, that's, that's just it's just very evident. Last thing I had here to say, um, you know, a lot of people were calling this the end of the uh, Brady-Eagles trilogy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is the third time we met Brady in the postseason in the past, oh, God, I guess 15 years? I'm trying to remember what year Super Bowl 39 or four or five, so yeah, about. Yeah, so almost 20. Um, they're calling it the trilogy of the Brady Eagles in the postseason, or I'm calling it now, I guess. And we officially went one and two against Brady, and I, I think I think it's it's evident the better man here is uh, is not the Eagles. And uh, unless we go up against him in the playoffs again next year, let's try and make it a whole saga and uh, we beat him. But I, I just can't do it. Can't do it. We got, we got one win on him and we'll always have that, but not yeah. today. That's for we, sure. Andrew. We got the Super Bowl. That's what matters most, right? Yeah. yeah. We always got that to live on. He's just going to keep getting more of those. That's all. That's the thing that we, we get the one and we have to be happy with that. But he uh, he's the greatest of all time. So he'll go get a dozen rings and, you know, enough's never enough. Maybe maybe he'll come to Philly. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say. I'm so spent. I'm so angry. I'm so angry. And now, now we just have – I mean, when's the draft, Andrew? Tell me when the draft is. Probably like April 27th. Great. So I got three months to sit here and be bitter while I wait to see if Howie Roseman trades away our picks for a quarterback that's not going to help us. Um, Thursday, April 28th. Oh, God. Basically May. Um, so uh, our attention turns to the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. Which, speaking of, I mean, if we want to talk about them for a little bit, we can. But uh, speaking of, still have Ben Simmons on the team. Hasn't played a freaking game. Still, ha- still have him on the team. Are we going to get rid of him before the trade deadline in February, I think? Yeah, tra- uh, trade deadline is in February. It's about three weeks away at this point. 
Um, is there anything like to me as as the Sixers fan I am, which is a like, you know, I'm a basic Philadelphia Sixers fan. To me, there is zero evidence that anything is going to change in the next three weeks and that Ben Simmons is still going to be on this team and still doing nothing. Do, do you feel differently? And I hope so. Um, at this point, I think it's 50-50, which going from where I was at in the beginning of the year is a huge downgrade in terms of trading him. I thought it was pretty close to 100%. He'd be gone by the deadline. I honestly thought he'd be gone by this point. Um, so the fact that he's still there means – they're not close to trading him, so I, I think it's a 50-50 chance right now. I think they're trying to get a third team involved is the problem, or is trying to get a third team to solve the problem because they can't come to an agreement just with a single team here. So a lot of NBA tra- trade teams do add a third team to, to the trade, and I think that's what you're getting here in this situation. So I think it is still a high possibility he does get moved. I think they're trying to weigh their options on, on which team they want to. The problem is at this point, Simmons, no matter whether he gets traded tomorrow or if he gets traded the day of the trade deadline, I don't think at this point, whether it's with the Sixers or another team, he's going to play a game this year. I think it's just too late in the process. And um, by the time he, he, he works out and gets in game shape, I think it'll be a too, a little, too little too late in terms of that sense. So I think you're as each day goes by, I think you get closer to – having to wait to the offseason to move. I just think it's interesting how similar the Wentz-Simmons issues began and how much it's escalated for Simmons now. And I guess, you know, as it does because he didn't get out like Wentz did. Um, you know, it, it's it's funny because I think what helped us with Wentz was that, you know, Frank Reich loved him. Right. And there's this team that Frank Reich's on that loves Wentz that needs a quarterback. And I was like, boom, just perfect puzzle piece fits. They took him their issue now. Right. (laughs) Wentz is your problem. Whereas Simmons, I mean, he thought he was being strategic and smart by sitting out, trying to cause the Sixers pain. And the Sixers doing fine without him, you know? Like, we're not great, but, like, we're not horrible. Maxi was fine. Like, I, I just I, – I think I think Simmons hurt himself more. And, unfortunately, that does hurt the Sixers more because it also diminishes Simmons' value. And we pay so much for him that – Maury needs a good return from Simmons, but no one wants to do that. And I can't blame any other team for not wanting to do that. Yep. Here's my big thing. The big difference while the Eagles were able to move Wentz and the Sixers can't right now. And you bring up a good point, Frank, right? And that's definitely a part of it. But a little bit bigger than that for me is the mentality of the player. While the reports, yes, Wentz did one out, Wentz never sat out. So the mentality of him not wanting to play the game and, and the worry of a guy not playing for you once the trade does happen was never has never been an issue with Wentz because he was still 
Well, yes, the report said he was unhappy. He still was out there playing until he got benched. And then even he never said, I'm going to hold out at training camp. He never said any of that. While Simmons, the question of how much does he really want to get on the court and plays is now overtaking the actual talent of the player. Because right. right now it's like, okay, well, even if I trade for Simmons, if we do one thing to get that guy mad, is he going to sit out against us again? So that that's where a big difference in the two uh, situations is is how much does this guy actually want to get back on the court and play? And is he going to put that work ethic in? And that, that's been a problem with Simmons is his whole career, even when he was playing, was what is this? Because obviously we've been calling for him to shoot farther than two feet from the basket, and he hasn't done that. So that that's a huge mentality for Simmons right now, is how much work is he willing to put in, one, not only to get better, but two, to get back on the court. And because, say, if you're a playoff team and you're the one making that trade to bring Simmons, I mean, you want a guy that's going to go out, work at it, get on the court in two, three weeks and help you make a playoff run. And if you're a playoff team, there's no signs that he would actually do that. So I think that's one of the biggest um, roadblocks this, the Sixers are hitting right now with making that trade. Because I think right now you're almost being limited to either teams that might sneak into the playoffs and get a, a, a early exit or non-playoff teams because you it can't be a guy or a team that's – going to rely on Simmons heavily down the stretch to, to make a playoff run. So I think right now, it's the, and like you said, Simmons thought it was the best interest for him to sit out, but now I think it's really hurting his trade value, hurting his trade chances, and this is why the situation might run run into the offseason. But I, uh, I, I had a pretty negative thought this week, actually, which is kind of funny because like it's going to come off of that I'm just being so negative about the Eagles that's rubbing into the Sixers. But I was actually thinking about this a lot at some point this week, this past week. And I am very much of the mindset that I think Simmons has cost the city as well as Embiid any chance of getting a championship with this team. I, I don't, I don't, I, th- I think this, this is too time consuming and Embiid's time is just dwindling by the day. Um, I, 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 I would be shocked no matter what happens moving forward with the Sixers, if we have any chance of really winning. And it's it's just unfortunate. I, I really do think Simmons had such a negative impact on this city. Um, it's just, it's going to cost us a lot. And it's going to cost us, like, in the next couple of years to come. Well, I'm going to counter you with this, and hopefully That's this fine. <laughs> makes you feel a little better going forward. Um, I think I truly think the Sixers are still maybe outside the Nets with their big three. I still think the Sixers are the best, most talented team in the Eastern Conference. Um, we've been dealing with all the adversity and the headaches with Simmons right now, and basically missing one of your top three players. And the Sixers still currently are only two games back of the number one, number one overall seed in the um, Eastern Conference. So if you're able to move Simmons and actually get pieces that are going to help you, I think you can overtake two games by the end of the year and with still about half the season left, you're just over the halfway mark. So with 40 40 games to play, you can make up two games if you're able to find a deal get done soon. So the fact that the Sixers are still only two games back of the best team in the East without a guy like that and the talent you'd be able to bring in uh, could go a long way. So Andrew, as the as the – Sixers expert compared to myself. What uh are the Sixers? So with you saying that, like at the top of the East, they're two games out. 
Are they? Do they have a playoff spot right now, or do they have to be in that spot? No, we're we're in a playoff spot right now. Um, okay, it's not. Listen, uh, any if you make the playoffs in the NBA, it doesn't mean you're a good team. Um, uh, they there's actually twenty twenty of the uh, thirty teams in the NBA make the playoffs. Um, they Hot dang. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Sixers are better than the ten seed, obviously, but you have to be a top ten team in your conference to make the playoffs in the NBA. Um, okay, so yeah, I just I, Sixers, I sorry. I mean, you know, you get in the playoffs, and that's all it takes, right? That's that's the argument. That was the argument for the Eagles. You just have to make your spot. Exactly. And so if they're in, you know, they they have every chance in the world. I'm not saying they don't have chances. I just I really think Simmons is costing this team way more than like right now in the moment. Like I, I think Embiid is getting older, obviously, you know, and I think he gets hurt a lot. And I'm not speaking like prophecies here. I'm not saying anything anyone has anyone else hasn't said. This isn't new. But I just I think Embiid's not going to be a long lasting player because of how much he gets hurt. And I think last year was an obvious run and it didn't happen. And that happens. That's fine. But this year, I think, was crucial bounce back year. And I, you know, I don't know. We'll, we have to wait and see if we playoffs. Hope yeah. to be wrong, I guess. No, no, you're absolutely right. It is hurting the team in the sense of, man, imagine if you had Simmons. You'd be the one seed right now probably without question. Um, right. So without question, he's still hurting the team. I'm just saying the fact that you're still doing this without him, if you're able to find a partner with him and actually still bring in high – talented assets to this team it could go a long way um in getting earning that one seed here here's a stat last thing i'll leave you with if i would have told you this and this is going back to how much road trouble we've had in the past if i would have told you the sixers are nine and nine at home but 16 and eight on the road is that not wild (laughs) wow that is the okay okay that stat alone gives me a little more hope I mean, again, I don't. I know the Eagles or the Eagles. I know the Sixers aren't bad right now. I just it 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 just drives me crazy of what Simmons is, and I just think it it mentality wise can do a lot to the rest of the team. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. But that's that's an interesting stat. Like that is a really crazy stat. I don't think the the Sixers have ever had a better road uh, record with them beat. No, absolutely not. No, no, no that's that blows me away too, and. Like I knew we weren't as good at home home as we have been in the past, but that's incredible. Nine and nine to six. Yeah, that's and insane. And honestly, the last thing on the why this trade's become harder is with how well the Sixers are playing. That honestly hurts Sims' trade value as well, because it's like, okay, how good, how much better does that guy actually make your team if you're still able to perform this well? And, exactly, exactly. That's that's my point. Is like Simmons, he's not. He, is he max? He's max contract, right? Yeah. Like, so like, no other team is gonna want to pay that at all, as they shouldn't. They really shouldn't. Absolutely not. And everyone's talk is um, how good his defense is. How good his defense is. Well, the Sixers give up the third least amount of points in the conference and the second least out of playoff teams. Without Simmons right now. Without Simmons. Like, I, I mean, that's huge. That tells you everything right there. I hope Simmons gets fat, ugly, never touches another basketball, and just 
go play on your esports team or something, dude. Just get out of here. I'm so over him. <laughs> but no, I think I think there, there's a lot to be happy with, and I, my expectations for the Sixers are still high. So that's my point. Good. I need you to to really boost me up with that because we uh we gotta we gotta start playing the song and uh, <laughs> riding that wave because oh my god, if I look at this bird's logo one more time, I might throw my computer out the freaking window. <laughs> um. Anything else before we wrap up this episode? It's been a pretty good beefy episode. I think we've done a lot. I, you know, tension, emotions are high. Uh, you know, I love, I, I'm a big, it's always sunny in Philadelphia fan. And there's one of the jokes in the one, in one of the episodes that the guys in this show, again, from Philadelphia, just are a very emotional group. And they're always yelling and talking with their hands. And, and that's, that's been me this whole episode. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend like I'm not furious and I'm not emotional and I'm not a wreck. Like, that is where I'm at. And as a fan of this team, that is, I think, completely okay to be at this point where I just I, – I, I know I should be looking forward to the future of the Philadelphia Eagles, but I am so distraught and I guess scared of what could happen. I, like I said, I think I said it early on with the Eagles stuff, but, I mean, I could see this team not even making the playoffs next year, and I think that would just – I'd just be a killer, crucial, just punch to the gut moment. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, Non-Eagles related, I guess my last point is to everyone who does listen, sorry for the, the long absence. We we're uh, we're going to get back at it. We all got kind of busy, so uh, expect a lot more content from us coming out. Yes, it, you know – Look, it's been a life happens kind of a football season for us. Um, a bit unfortunate because it was obviously a crazy year, and I wish we could have had our uh, our raw emotional thoughts each game going into it. Uh, I, I do think, as a whole, this was a good season. I I, oh, I guess we absolutely. should do a, a quick season. Re- like like I said, like going into this, like which was a playoff game, I I would candidly tell you that the season was a victory for Philadelphia because again, with a rookie coach with a new quarterback, first full season starting, I mean, you make the playoffs. That's huge. And that's a victory. And you should absolutely look forward to the future of that team. However, just this game was just so bad. It just makes me nervous that we can't hang with the big league, the big dogs, the big teams, and uh, I just hope to be wrong in that sense. I, I really want to see more flowering improvement from these Eagles. And, uh, you know, maybe we do go and win the division next year. If, if the uh, – if the I'm going to quick jump back to the Cowboys game. If they're going to show the score at any – are they going to show me the score at all? Yep, still losing. Still losing. So, hey, maybe we can bounce back and win the division next year. If we win the division next year, I, I mean – I'm locked on Sirianni and Hurts. Absolutely locked on Sirianni and Hurts if we win the division this year. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I think, uh, like you said, I mean, it would have been different if you came out here, competed, and been like, okay, we're right there with them. Hurts is the answer. But a lot of questions were left here today. And obviously, we showed some raw or saw motion today from both of us here on a, on a quick kind of recap fresh off the loss so yeah once we get time to digest 
but we'll we'll release a nice season recap with our final thoughts and everything and um get dive into all that and where we need to go going forward yep absolutely all right thanks everyone for listening to philly sports now your philly fan podcast you can find us on twitter at philly underscore force now that's at philly underscore sprts now that's sports out the o folks um been a while since i said that one uh look forward to us coming back let's we're, we're going to try and do i would assume every monday but uh uh, we will let you know via Twitter how that's going to be happening. Uh, thank you once again, everyone, for listening. Uh, my name is Zach, and I'm here with Andrew. And for the last time, for the 2021-2022 seasons, I will give a go, Birds. Mm-hmm.